Hello folks, this is Bela, and I'm recording this intro solo as Mike is a bit busy wrapping things up for the semester. You know, when Mike and I get together to record a podcast, before we hit the record button, we typically have a conversation about what's going on in our lives and in the world. Basically, two good friends catching up since the last time they spoke. Back in episode 128, Mike and I did an experiment, and we hit the record button as soon as our conversation started, and we decided to include it as part of our regular podcast. We received some great comments from our listeners who said they really enjoyed that episode. We also received a very nice email from John, who suggested we make our pre-podcast conversation part of the podcast. Thank you, John, for your thoughtful email and suggestion. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. Mike and I discussed John's suggestion, and we decided that we will make separate episodes out of our pre-podcast conversations. That way, when those listeners who are only interested in the unconventional path can easily skip over them. Not sure what we're going to label these episodes, but for now, we're going to call them our pre-podcast discussion. Also, I'm not quite sure how often we will release these episodes, as sometimes our conversations are not really podcast-worthy. Well, enough of the introduction. I hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning, Michael. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm well, thanks. As, what's new? As usual, it's the woods. good to see you. Uh, what's new? Yeah. Well, yesterday was almost 60 degrees here. <laughs> oh, dear. And tomorrow we're supposed to have six inches of snow, so... Uh, yeah did you get did you get skiing at all yeah yeah we opened uh, they opened up uh the day after thanksgiving so late november and uh i went up uh this week i went up on uh, wednesday Uh, no tuesday and last week i was up on wednesday it was okay uh there's really no natural snow i mean it was a little bit you know in the woods but it's all man-made snow so if it wasn't for the man-made stuff there would not be any skiing uh, it's a slow season compared to last year, but you know, the COVID stuff is still here. So it's sort of an awkward ski thing. You know, you're, you're, you need to wear a mask when you're standing in line waiting to get on the lift. Uh, if you're riding the lift with someone else, you need to wear a mask inside any buildings. You need to wear a mask. Um, so it's, and I, and I think as last year, uh, they limit the number of tickets they're going to sell. So they're capping their capacity. Normally, they don't really cap the capacity for, uh, at all, but they're going to cap the capacity as they did last year. Uh, so, yeah, COVID is still here, big and strong. Were people compliant at the resort? Yeah, for most part. Mountain. Yeah, for the most part. Uh, you know, there's some people need to be reminded, and most of them do it. Sometimes they roll their eyes or. <laughs> You know, they they give you a look, but for the most part, people are pretty compliant. You know, look, wearing a mask is a pretty easy thing, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. if I if I look at all the things that I need to do, uh, that are sort of painless, for, especially for skiing, right, with safety equipment and all the things, yeah. right? You know, it's 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 on the painless end of the spectrum <laughs> when yeah. it when it comes to things that that uh, they're asking you to do. So, 
I just, I myself happily comply. If, if you think I should wear a mask, yeah. fine. I'll wear a mask. No, no big deal. And, and they just no, instituted those uh, uh, restrictions. Now here in New York State, the governor just came out uh, this week and said, uh, anything indoors, you got to wear a mask. And um, unless, un- e- either, either everyone needs to be masked or everyone needs to be vaccinated, but you can't mix and match. So you can't have non-vaccinated people required to wear a mask and vaccinated people don't have to wear a mask. It's either everyone needs to be vaxxed or everyone needs to wear a mask. Interesting. Yeah. And then, of course, I think in New York State here, uh, the day after she made that announcement, like 10 or 11 counties came out and said, we're not support- we're, we're not going to enforce that because we don't have any resources to enforce it. Basically, you know, the the state left it up to the counties to enforce it. And they're going, how are we going to enforce it? <laughs> you know, well, uh, you know, and, and, and here again, it's, it's this, it's this interesting thing that happens here where, where we, we bat the tennis ball back and forth across the net. You know, we, at, at the federal level, we want to do this shot mandate, but we're going to require corporations to enforce it and do it. <laughs> you know, at the state level, we're going to require masks, but we're going to let the counties figure out how to enforce it. Well, the, the state controls the state police. <laughs> you know, why don't they have the state police enforce it? You know, so it, it's right. it's this interesting sort of. I want to I want to I want to get this done, but I don't want to be the bad guy in the situation. I want to let someone else have to be the Strategy, bad guy. Formulation and implementation, right? <laughs> it's been you know we've been writing about that as academics for fifty years, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Chandler, I think it was, and you know, like nineteen thirty six, right? It was like, yeah, you have to. Um, it's one thing to design the strategy; it's the other thing to implement it. And even the best strategies, uh, poorly implemented, are useless. Yeah. So we need to go back to basics and just all right develop the strategy, implement the strategy. It needs to be aligned. And you know, here we never went away from indoor mask mandates. Yeah. Been in place the whole time. Yeah, and and so in Germany, is it? Is does the government take an active role in sort of? I mean, here we in the United States, we 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 do a lot of things where we ask companies, corporations to do things, right? I mean, the mask mandate at the federal level, health insurance is fundamentally provided by companies, yep. right? And, and and so there's a lot of things, a lot of things that are enforced by your employer or provided by your employer. Uh, is it the same way? In is it the same way in Germany? So health insurance is not as completely separate. So it has no tie whatsoever to your job other than work. A lot of jobs pay, um, give you subsidy. will pay. So like for, um, now I have a different setup because I'm a, in the civil service, but if you're just generally a regular employee, um, some companies will pay for um, part of the premiums that you pay or all the premiums that you pay. So uh, depending it. on your income level. So um, so that's kind of interesting as a, as a benefit. But but in general, no, it's not. It, it, it isn't flat out. Let me let me go back a step. It's flat out. Empl- the, the companies have no responsibility for health insurance at all. Um, as far as things like vaccination mandates and things like that. So here we're not even allowed to ask 
if employees are vaccinated. So it's a very different approach. It's very hands-off. Um, there are some um, categories of workers where I think they can, but it's specified, mm. right? And then the employer, I guess, would enforce that, but it's it's pretty cut and dried. It's not, right? It's, yes, the government says this, and this is your job, and so this is what you do. Um, the A lot of the mandates here, so we've got um, in store, so grocery stores and drug stores, anybody can go in right now here, but anything other, any other retail besides for that, Bela, so a clothes store, a sporting goods store. I had to pick up a picture frame last week, so I went to the art supply store. And those are, you must be either vaccinated or have here when you get, if you get COVID, you go you go to the hospital, you go to the doctor at least. You don't have to go to the hospital, but you go to the doctor, your family doctor. And everybody, of course, has one because everybody has health insurance, right? You go to your doctor, your doctor checks you out and gives you a piece of paper. Okay, and that piece of paper says you have COVID and you go back um, after you're recovered and you get another piece of paper that they check you. Right. And they say you have recovered from COVID. So that's good for I don't know, six months. I forget but a certain period of time. Right. That you've recovered. So you either have your vaccination. Um, you mine is on my phone. You can get a little card. There's a paper book, but some format you show your vaccination, you show your ID. And again, everybody must have an ID here. It's not like the the U.S. where it's your driver's license. Everybody has a, a identification card. It's separate from your driver's license. You must get one. So you show that you show your vaccination or your letter. Um, and, and then they let you in and the store enforces that. So at the checkout, they've kind of built little booths and uh, kind of you pass through and they say, before you go in, make sure you have your mask on, make sure you have your certificate and your, and your ID. Right? Yeah. And you go in and you show, they check, they scan, everything's got a code, they scan it, it comes up, matches your license, in you go. Takes, I don't know, 15 seconds. Yeah, right? yeah. But everybody in that store is vaccinated or recovered, certified, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm sure there's, you know, there's been a few small fakes, right, where people think it, but the vast majority of, at least where I live in Germany, is highly compliant. So the work, so the companies enforce that. So I think it's a little bit of both. To yeah. That's a long answer to a short question, Bela. So yeah. there are some where the where the companies enforce it, um, but there's other things where they don't need to to worry about it. And even like sick days, there are no sick days. And as long as you have a letter from your doctor, you don't go to work, and they don't want you to go to work. Yeah. Right. Because they don't want to get other people sick. Yeah. Yeah. And if it gets to a certain amount of days, I forget exactly what you go over to the government's um, disability short-term disability program. And so again, and then. It, you get paid, but it it doesn't come out of the the company's pocket. Yeah. So it's just a whole different mentality um, toward these things. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's better or worse, but it's different. Yeah. You know, you're. I totally sure. agree with you. It's different. Well, it's it's. I mean, I think it's better because I moved here. But I mean, yeah. you, I, I see arguments on both sides. Sure. Yeah. There's some things that some people will find better, and other things that that people will find sure. not as good. But it's interesting. Different strokes for different folks, and that's why people move, right? <laughs> right. To, to go live in a place where it's more aligned with their preferences. So it's interesting that that there in Germany they sort of give you credit for having COVID, right? They yes. they assume that you've got some antibodies, and they're giving you credit. 
And it looks like the vaccine wanes too, right? That's the whole reason we're getting boosters sure. and all that stuff. Um, so that's interesting because they haven't done that here as far as I know. A lot of people have talked about, well, they should, but they, they haven't. Because a lot of people have had COVID. <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. And and they're always kind of adjusting. So like at first they said boosters for six months. And I, I said I read the same thing in the U.S. But, you know, they do adjust these time windows, too. So they said, sure. OK, um, it was six months and then they changed to five months. And um, so we just got ours last Saturday um, and I had to go and I had to go to the pharmacy. OK, and we have these cool pharmacies here. They're not like they're like old school pharmacies. We have a we have a drugstore which doesn't really sell, which has no pharmacy. And that was where you can buy like bed and or bath products and shampoos and hairspray and toothpaste and all these things. Right. Um, but they don't do, they don't do prescriptions in these stores. Okay. If you want to get any kind of medicine, you go to the, to the apotheca, to the pharmacy, and they have a few little kind of specialty products that are more expensive, but you can't buy like, mouthwash you know what i mean right or you can't buy normal toothpaste they have all of the specialty toothpaste and then if you have a and so there's some things and then there's two classes of these kind of medicines right so there's one class that the pharmacist can prescribe you so you you can go in and say oh i've got a cold or i have a backache or right i have this thing on my fingernail or whatever and they'll look at it and they'll say how long have you had it they'll ask you some questions right and and then they can give you, there's a whole set of drugs that they can give you. You can't buy off the shelf, but you don't need to go to the doctor for it. You don't need a doctor's yeah. prescription. Yeah. Some of these are like herbal homeopathic medicines, and some of these are medicines that are definitely over the counter in the U.S. And some of these are definitely prescription, but kind of light prescriptions, I guess, right, in the U.S. Yeah. Okay. And then your doctor gives you a, a receipt, a prescription um, also, and then, then you can take it in and get it filled. Um, but there's no like refills. Like, I think you just can go back and I say, I need another one. And they give you another one unless it's something yeah. like, narcotics or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting. And then, you know, you, you pay for, so it depends which kind of insurance you have public or private. And my wife is public and I'm private and that's a whole nother long story, but you know, she would just go in and show her insurance card and then walks out with the medicine. There's no money exchanged. Yes. You know? For me, I have a little different system. I have to pay, and then I get the receipt. But I, the receipt is printed right on the the codes printed right on the the um, the prescription. They give it back to me. They fill it. I scan it with my phone, and a week later, the money goes directly into my bank account. Yeah, yeah. So you you went there to so, get your booster. So did you have to go to the? So so I had to get I had to get the piece of paper. Um, so it's interesting. I went to a sometimes the the first time I went the to get my first, my second, second vaccination, I got the paper there. Um, and that was at the big local vaccination clinic. This time, um, if you go to like a doctor's office or a small clinic, like I did, they, you just take your, they just give you your a little paper thing and you take it to the pharmacy and for free, and then they validate it for you. So now it's in my app. And if you, if I show it, um, and it's recognized everywhere it's got a QR code that they can scan and they and it pops up and says, yep, it's good. And here's the information. And they check your license and it matches. up. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting systems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we have a, a hodgepodge of all those types of things here, as you can imagine. 
Right? Yeah, it's much more states and here. various different counties and municipalities, and it's it's a real hodgepodge. Now, you said you you and Sandy were thinking of coming uh, back to the United States for the holidays. Yeah, so we have flights uh, Tuesday. So today, just if we're if people are listening to this, it's December seventeenth, Friday, and we've got flight uh, on. Well, I guess that would be the twenty second Tuesday mm-hmm. to stay for two weeks. What's your read? So everything is changeable and refundable, um, right? Yeah. So there's assume there's no financial cost to saying, okay, we're just going to move these to the spring, right? We can change the tickets to March or something yeah. like that, yeah. right? What's your read? So the th- and we're going to Michigan, which has one of the highest rates, right? <laughs> we're going to Michigan, and then I have tickets to fly to Florida to go see my mother, right? I'm going to my in-laws. Yeah. So Michigan's got one of the highest rates, and Florida, the last I read, was okay, but they're going up. Right? Yeah. Yeah, there's waves of this uh, going all over the place, right? We we've we're pretty high here. Uh, hospitals uh, have hit ninety percent capacity, so they've started um, they have started canceling elective surgeries. Now, when you say ninety percent capacity, um, it's it's a little you gotta be a little careful here. Uh, hospitals are one industry that has required individuals to be vaccinated. And most of them have not. Again, it's, it's the hospital doing this, not the state or the county or the or the government. And um, many of those hospitals have not given any types of exemptions for that. So many hospitals have lost people. So we we got this double thing going on. We got this staffing. Sh- we we've had a nursing shortage here for years, and and now we've have have not only just a nursing an additional nursing shortage because we've lost some nurses and other staff people as well because of their refusal to get a vaccine for whatever reasons right that's their choice and then this bump up in covid uh cases going up which predominantly appear right now to be delta the omicron thing hasn't really hit in any mass here and it's uh what I've been able to discern is that about 70% of the hospitalized population is unvaccinated and about 30% are vaccinated people. So that, that seems to be the ratio approximately, uh, you know, probably plus or minus 5% on that from what I've been able to, to kind of dig up and, and try to f- understand. Um, so the unvaccinated percentage is a re- is a significant percentage of that. Uh, so I think if you're if you're boosted, I haven't seen any data that talks about boosted people and you know what their sort of susceptibility is. I think my concern, if I was traveling internationally right now, would not really be if I'm going to get COVID or not, particularly if I'm boosted. It would be, can I get back to my home country? In other words, in the next two weeks, is Germany going to close its borders? <laughs> and then can you get back? To me, that's the bigger risk. Yeah. Right. Not that you it, it, you're going to be able to get into the United States. <laughs> right. Because you're vaxxed, yeah. you're boosted. So you can get here. The question is, will you be able to get back to Germany? Is in the next two weeks, Omicron or Delta going to take off even more as we get the whole Christmas thing and everyone together for the holidays? And we're going to get a big spike, you know. So that to me would be my worry, I think. Can I get back? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I also worry about if something happens while I'm there. I mean, you know, I'm healthy, but 
you know, if I get a car accident or I break my leg or I slip and fall on the ice or, you know, because I haven't seen ice in a long time. Right. But, um, you know, something happens. Right. Or I get strep throat or something. And the hospital, the healthcare system, as you said, is kind of all overloaded. And now I'm not I'm not really insured. I mean, I am I have health insurance that covers travel. Right. But I don't have U.S. health insurance. Right. 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 Um, So there's that is kind of my secondary, you know, right. If something else happens. Yeah. I'm a long way from home. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think yesterday I heard on the news that like, uh, uh, it, it appears that COVID, I don't know what strain they didn't really specify as, as ripping through a bunch of universities. Like Cornell has 900 positive cases. I saw, and they shut, they shut everything down, but none of them are hospitalized. Right. At least that's what I heard. Right. Again, I, it, it, the news has gotten. It's so, hard to get accurate information right. and know what's accurate. I totally <laughs> the, agree. The, and the same here, too. Yeah, yeah. The news is so noisy. Yeah. It's hard to filter out what's fact and what's, you know, uh, uh, rumor. So but anyway. Yeah. So that's that's what I guess I would be concerned about, Mike, is is something going to happen and, and the borders get closed and you can't get back. Um. Or, or getting back will be really difficult, <laughs> right? And angst-producing. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's a little more challenging because we fly in and out of the Netherlands, out of Amsterdam, because that's mm-hmm. we live about 45 minutes from the border, and there's a nice nonstop, right, from yes. Amsterdam to Detroit, and that's what we take. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's a tough I don't decision. Know. I'm glad I'm going to sit down tomorrow and kind of go through the options. And yeah, I mean, El- Elaine and I are laying low. I mean, we're we're, you know, we basically we see family direct. We see the kids <laughs> and the grandkids. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> we don't socialize. Uh, we don't really. We haven't eaten out in a restaurant in two years. <laughs> you know, uh, so we we do take home or take out and uh but you know it's amazing i was thinking about this the other day how the whole takeout for food has really changed it's got to be a significant percentage of restaurants business now and it still amazes me to this day that it's been two years now almost and some restaurants have really figured out how to do it man is it efficient they have a great app it works really well (laughs) It saves your previous orders. You know, if you want to reorder the same stuff, it's like two clicks. It's just remarkable how good it is. And there's other ones. Oh, my God. It's like I, I want to, like, close the app and call them on the phone. The app is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just amazing to me because uh, it's got to represent a significant portion of their business, I would think. Right. And there's already models that work. So how hard is it to yeah, say, I how, want it to look just like yeah. this one, right? Just put my logo and my colors on it and my yeah, menu. Exactly. And, and, and some restaurants here haven't, haven't even opened. They don't even have indoor dining. I mean, for two years, they've been closed since the whole COVID thing. There's a couple of mm-hmm. McDonald's around here that just, ha- I think they're all owned by the same franchisee. They have not had inside dining now for, you know, almost two years. And I wonder if they're more profitable. I, I mean, it, and, and I'll tell you, they got drive-through down. Not that I'm a big customer yeah. of McDonald's, but man, do they have it down? It's boom, boom, boom. It's efficient. Yeah. They have figured it out. And other places you go to for drive-through, it's again, it's painful. <laughs> and you know, Elaine will attest to the fact that I I don't have a lot of patience for waiting in lines. <laughs> so, yeah. 
it's it's just you know some businesses have really got it man they've figured this out and they realize how important it is to them and i'll bet you in some ways you can be more profitable i mean yeah you can't upsell and things like that and you maybe miss some walk-in traffic right or somebody going back for a second bag of french fries right right but you don't have to clean the place exactly you don't have to worry about extra napkins and all these things you don't have to clean the bathrooms you don't have to you know extra staffing all of these things i mean you're just doing one thing because really if you think about it a typical fast food restaurant you really have two things going on and they step on each other right you got the sit-down business and you got the drive-through business right right and they're really two separate processes they have a little bit of shared overlap with the food prep right um but you got to figure that simplifies their 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 process, yeah. right? And makes it more efficient. And and they got to be at least from what I've seen, right? There's always a, here at least, right? There's always a line yes. at the fast food places. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And and a bunch of them have added a second lane or a third lane, right? And they've really been able to crank through more volume, right? And I wonder if that more than makes up for the the sit down traffic because you got to figure a lot of people just taking up space, right? They're hanging out. Right? Yes. Right. 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 Yeah. It's a, uh, it's interesting. Well, you I don't have to take I, the trash out. Right. I mean, I wonder what their trash bill, I mean, I wonder what their at, at a typical fast food restaurant, what trash removal is every month. Right. Right. From and, all the packaging that's that gone they, down because it's all shifted onto the customer. Right. right. They're not throwing out all that packaging. Now you are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe some people are dumping some stuff at, out of the drive through eating in the parking lot. But I, I got to think the vast number of people are taking stuff home. Yeah. And it's no longer the restaurant's problem. Yeah. To do to do trash removal. Yeah. It's interesting how, how things have changed. And we still do. We still do uh, pick up food shopping, grocery shopping. And, and here again, I'll tell you. Um, Walmart has figured this out. Man, is it does it work well? Their app works really well. And I understand and I figured out that Walmart uses its employees to go around and shop for your food and you know pick it off right, the shelf. Right, rather shelves. than the third party. And right? and the other grocery chains here use a third party. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference. I, I tell you there's a difference. And, and, um, you know, so for certain things, we, what we've done now is those staple type things that are just, you know, this is the brand we buy, we buy it, it comes in a box, whatever, man, we just, we just do that stuff online and we go, we pick it up the the whole thing, the trip to pick it up and back to our house is, is 15 minutes at most. You know, uh, and you drive in and then you tell them you're here. Right. And you, I yep. mean, I've never done it because we don't really have it here. I mean, yeah. I walk to the grocery store. Yeah. So you tell them you're there. You tell them what parking spot or what your license plate number is. And they just bring it. You pop the trunk. Right. And they just put it in. Exactly. It's exactly right. The app actually you, you tell them when you're leaving your house. So you're actually giving them a little okay. bit of notice. <laughs> yeah. You tell them and, and the app knows, oh, you're here. Tell me what spot. I mean, the app is really smart. Cool. It knows I'm at hey. the store and tell me what spot you're in, what color your car is. And boom, it comes out, you know, and says, you know, come between when you when you do your shopping, you set up a time. Right. A window. Right. And they allow you to edit it. Right. So we set up we typically set up, a, you know, two days from now and and it allows you up until I think like six hours before or four hours before that you're actually going to pick it up. It allows you to edit it and change it and add stuff to it. It's really well done. 
Nice, but they really manage the flow that way, and they probably can staff better. Again, this might be better than just people going wherever the heck they want, right? right. It's too crowded, and they run out of stuff, right, or whatever, right? Now they've got a queue, and they can plan their labor better, That's right. right? And they can plan the flow of people in and out so that things are fluid, right? Which has got to, again, they don't have to do peak staffing because they know they're getting X percent of their customers are go- using this drive-through model, and they can literally right. space it out, right, by having one of the open time slots, right? Right. Yeah, because they limit the number of slots. Right. And then they even know, I'm sure they've got, you know, now enough data where they can really predict, you know, weeks out right what it's going to look yeah. like. yeah so, so they don't do stuff like that over there so mm, the shopping is just so different here and again there's probably other cities i think i know they do more there's a couple of companies german companies that have hopped into the, the grocery delivery space in berlin and in hamburg some of the bigger cities um in our city, we have 300,000 people, but in a very small footprint. Mm. And so um, we have a couple of kind of big grocery stores that people drive to, right? That are kind of more in, in industrial zones, right? They aren't in the residential areas. Yeah. Um, but then the vast majority of grocery stores are small. So this, we, the, the footprint is much smaller. And they're more kind of neighborhood grocery stores. And the vast majority of people walk to them. We've got some in our neighborhood. There's not even a place to park if you wanted to. Mm. Only biking and walking, right, to the grocery store. And it's small. It's a little bigger. It's probably halfway between like a, you know, a big Walgreens and a small, you know, price chopper or whatever sure. you got up there. Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, and so – you know, some and there's some kind of some different variants of that. So like we live in it, we live in a bound. One of the things we love about our neighborhood is we have a bounty of grocery stores. We've got two, within literally a five or six minute walk. We've got two um, kind of like mini whole foods. So organic kind of natural grocery stores. Right. Um, we've got one, two, three, four. Four. Five, one, two, three, four, five, kind of not huge grocery stores, but kind of full size grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Six. Wow. Within five, within seven minute walk. Wow. Okay. Um, and two of them, one's Aldi and one's Lidl, right? And you yep. know Aldi, right? Yep, sure. The, the dis the discounters. And then we've got um, another brand called Reva, and that's kind of a mid priced grocery store, um, kind of like a price chopper. I think you're right. You have price chopper there. Yeah, right? We do. If yep. I remember correctly. Yep. Um, but like a Safeway or, a, you know, not a, a super big one, but a kind of a small regional chain yeah. right? um, or national chain. And they have Reva all over Germany. Um, and so and they've made a couple of acquisitions. So there's like four in the neighborhood. And I think two were one and two were the the, the original and two were bought a few years ago. Um, and then we've got these two other kind of regional chains that are those you can ride your bike to that probably be a 20 minute bike ride. Um, but that's where we'll go once a month and do a big shopping and take the car. Yeah. So kind of once a month, we'll do a big shopping and take the car. And they have, you know, kind of big parking lot. And it's not they're still not quite as big. And they, they are. They do have stuff. Both of these two have kind of stuff and groceries. So kind of like Meyer, if you're in the Midwest or, um, um, you know, like a super target. Right. Like when they have or, or a Walmart. Right. Yeah. Where they have both food and stuff, but still smaller than like a super Walmart. Right. Yeah. Um, but they have both. And so those we go like once a month, but 
twice a week. And our fridge is smaller. Like everybody has smaller yeah. refrigerators. Yeah. We don't have storage space. So we, before COVID, we went to the grocery store three times a week. And now I do kind of one larger every week and maybe one little small one. So yeah. down, definitely down to two or kind of one and a half. Yeah. Um, so, so there in that model and th there's not much need for, grocery delivery and pickup, right? We, because everybody's just kind of walking sure. anyways and the stores are smaller. Yeah. Um, but I do know in some cities there's, and there are a couple of places where you can do, a, you can do a, a grocery delivery, but it's not as common. Yeah. I mean, as, as it is right now, hmm. but it's funny. There's no express lines. Okay. It, my grocery store and when my mother-in-law, maybe I told you the story, but when my mother-in-law was here visiting before COVID, she was, she got mad and I'm like, what's the matter? And she's like, there's no express line. And I'm like, the whole thing's an express line, right? <laughs> Everybody's putting it in their backpack or carrying it home. Nobody's got these, you know, the carts are small right. and nobody's got a full cart. Everybody's got like 18 or 20 items, right? Yeah. I'm like, the whole place. And she's like, she looked around. She's like, you're right. Right. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's just a different model of grocery yeah. shopping. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, I hope you guys figure out what you're going to do on your trip. Uh, that's not an easy decision, right? It's what would you do? Go or push? Uh, hmm. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I think that I, if it was Elaine and I, knowing how sort of conservative we are about these types of things, uh, we would probably not travel. Uh, there would be a lot of angst about it because family is really important to us, and we really enjoy seeing family and doing all those things. Um, and we're so thankful that we live relatively close to family, right? We're, we're 20 minutes from one son and the granddaughters and four hour drive from the other one. So that's really, it works out well for us. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm down on traveling. I, I don't mean I'm down on it, but I'm very cautious about traveling and it makes, it makes me anxious. It makes me, it makes me nervous. So it's not, it's not a, an enjoyable thing. If you understand what I'm saying, right? right like I used, it used to be, yeah, I used right. to love traveling. You're all excited. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I have I over a million miles on American airlines. So, I mean, I have traveled a lot and, uh, I used to like it a lot. And now I, I just, I'm, I'm anxious about it. I'm nervous about it. You know, even when you're driving, you're stopping at the rest area and I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's really changed. So yeah. I don't know. I think this notion of, you know, of, of life in a community, uh, the, the value of that is, at least in, in our minds, is, is increasing, right? As, as opposed to this, let's, let's take the family and scatter it all across the world, um, which was a model that worked very well and it had a lot of advantages. Uh, and it still works, but you have constraints, right? You, you, <laughs> yeah, that we see. Right. You might not be able to see everyone as often as you like, right? So, you know, probably... Pre-COVID, you, you might come to the States two or three or four times a year. <laughs> and now it's, you know, maybe once or maybe once every other year. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't when know. We went in August, we were in the kind of the, the, the well of the, yes. of the wave, right? So it was still a little risky, but a lot less than, um, than, than right now. And yeah, and you just, hard, it's hard to predict. Yeah. And I think that, like you said, the risk is for unforeseen events, right? The, I don't think the risk is that you're going to get COVID. Right. You're boosted. I'm pretty confident about that. It, the risk is the borders yep. get closed or like yep. you said, you have an accident or get get something else and you have to go to the hospital. And uh. yeah. And I also now, you know, all of our direct relatives and our direct friends are vaccinated. 
Um, but I don't know about boosted. And, you know, the other thing, when you're I'm, I'm, you know, flying through Amsterdam Airport, right? And that's where uh, there was that early kind of wave of Omicron was detected there. And, you know, I don't want to also carry something. I mean, I know, you know, the science suggests that the load is smaller when you're vaccinated, but it's still feasible, right? And, well, you're definitely, you know, so you're definitely kind of a, a carrier if you're vaccinated. Yeah. That's clear. It may be yeah. not as the, strong a carrier, but you're still a carrier. Right. And that's the third level of, you know, it's not myself so much that I'm worried about, too, but I don't want to create a problem somewhere else in the world, right, right. from right. bringing something from Europe over. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll let you know what decision I make, but I appreciate your wisdom as always. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, all right. That was good, Mike. Always good to catch yeah. up. Yeah. I'm glad you're doing well. Well, that's it for that episode. I hope you enjoyed our pre-podcast discussion. As usual, we always appreciate your comments and suggestions. You can reach us at bela.and.mike at gmail.com. Take care and see you next time. <music>